This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Tom Offerman, Kellen Gursky, and Jacob Recht with you. And on this episode of the Steelers Standard, the other three teams in the AFC North, what is their offseason going to look like? And what do we project them to look like in 2021? Let's start at the top. Right now, as it stands, the Baltimore Ravens are the favorite to win the North in 2021, uh, just as they were in 2020. But the Steelers took care of that and won the division themselves. Uh, The Ravens played really well down the stretch, probably some of the best football we've seen in the NFL down the stretch outside of maybe Tampa Bay. Uh, It resulted in a playoff berth as a wild card. They went to Tennessee and they took out the AFC South champion Titans on their own home field. And they fought Buffalo down to the wire, but a pick six from Lamar Jackson really sealed their fate there as they fell in the divisional round. But Lamar Jackson was able to get his first playoff win under his belt in 2020, which is really nice to get that off of his back. And look, there's not much that you see on this team that they really need as far as offseason is concerned, other than what they've needed the past three years, which is wide receiver help. And I expect them to go heavy there in the draft, probably take a wide receiver, whichever is available when they have to pick at number 27 in the draft. So it might be slim pickings there, but you can always find a decent receiver later in the draft. Absolutely. And I think that's something that the Ravens, um, like you said, for the last handful of years have needed. I mean, for goodness sakes, during the playoff run, they had Des Bryant playing wide receiver for them. So that tells you how hurt they were for wide receiver help were the Ravens. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you could say what you want about Lamar Jackson's, th- Lamar Jackson's throwing ability, and I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't disagree with you. I, I don't think he's an elite passer by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think he's a particularly good passer. But the thing that sets him apart above the rest is he is absolutely electric when he has the ball in his hands. So if he completes, you know, 55 to 60 percent of his passes and he still has that electricity in his legs, uh, good luck slowing them down. I mean, you look at them as a team um, and, uh, you know, I mentioned Lamar Jackson's throwing ability, but they don't need to have him throw the ball well. They led the league in rushing. They had 3,071 yards of rushing as a team last year. And as a team, they averaged 5.5 yards a carry. I know that helps when your quarterback does that. They have an advantage that a lot of teams in the NFL don't. Um, But really, when you look at it and you look at them, you know, kind of as a whole, I agree with you, Tom. I think they do need wide receiver help, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to help Lamar Jackson be a better passer. Um, But again, next year, when I look at the Ravens, I do think that they're going to be a a top type team. They're going to be in the wild card hunt for sure. And they'll be in the hunt for the AFC North. I mean, they're, they're a good football team. And they're not going to lose a whole lot next year. Yeah, as of today, I think they're my favorite to to win the division. I think, you know, had the Steelers lost one more game or if they had lost that close game against the Baltimore JV team or even earlier if, if the Steelers hadn't had that big comeback effort in Baltimore, uh, it would have been Baltimore's division. And I think that Baltimore was kind of upset that they didn't win the division back-to-back years. I think they, they thought they were the better football team. They, they definitely thought they had the better quarterback in Lamar Jackson over Big Ben. And I think they'll be looking to get back into AFC North crown spot. And, yeah, of course we all know what, what Lamar Jackson's critis- biggest critics are saying and, and his inability to be a, a legitimate passer. But I think when you look at it, I think – what he makes up for 
and his running game kind of balances out his inability to sometimes pass the ball down the field. But yeah, right now the receivers are are probably if if this is the Ravens station playing, you know, they would be saying our biggest priority where we need to retool has to be the wide receiver core. And yeah, they lost Mark Ingram, uh, but with J.K. Dobbins kind of stepping into that role, I think that running game won't slow down even for one beat. Matt Judon and Yannick Ngakwe are really the big players of significance that they have to resign. Uh, Ngakwe would probably take priority because he's two year, or three years younger than Judon and plays at a position that he can impact the game a little bit more, in my opinion. But they have almost $30 million in cap. I think it's like $27 million in cap that they have to work with right now. So no real problems there as far as re-signing one or both of those guys if they saw that fit. But you guys talked about this a lot when you were talking about them, and the big question mark for them is if Lamar can make those strides in the passing game because there's no question that Lamar Jackson regressed as far as his passing game was concerned last season. Uh, Still the ability to win a playoff game is huge for him and his confidence moving forward, but the biggest factor in the loss that they had to Buffalo in the divisional round was an errant pass from Lamar Jackson. And throughout that whole game, I remember watching it about a month and a half ago and saying to myself almost immediately, the pass isn't there. He doesn't have the pass. Just start taking off and running. That's kind of remember it in the Tennessee Titans game too. It was a lot of like that too, where you can't get anything going in the passing game. Lamar, look what he did. He he had that 45 yard touchdown round to kind of open things up for them. Yeah. And so it was weird to see him at the goal line, not, look more to run 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 to get the ball in instead he forced the pass that buffalo took almost 100 yards the other way and really sealed the deal for the bills in that game so uh, it just has to come with lamar jackson being smarter in the passing game and maybe it's getting him more weapons around him but there was a lot of times this year where he was the problem not the weapons that he had right and I think that's the biggest thing with Lamar Jackson um, and I like you was kind of every time that that I watch the Ravens and you know they're not playing the Steelers and I'm thinking to myself just watching the football game anytime that you know Lamar Jackson doesn't have his first read open uh, I always think just run I mean it seems to be a, a that better be the second read yeah. right that like if your first read isn't there just run you're, you're good enough and I know that there's worry with that because you know running quarterbacks don't normally last long and there's always a chance for injury uh, when you run as a quarterback of course um, but when you are that electric you have to use it the way that Lamar Jackson uses it um, and he's so lethal with that and Tom as you mentioned um, you mentioned Yannick Ngakwe I looked up his estimated market value just to see how much the Ravens might have to spend to bring him back. His calculated market value is $15.5 million. Um, how much did you say they have in cap space? They're like $27 million, so, so that's something they could probably do. Um, they yes. could probably work out. Um, and I do think that's probably prior- priority number one for, for the Ravens because they got Ngakwe last year in, in a trade. Um, and on top of that, he's only 25 years old. So um, a young guy still has a lot of football left in him, and he's pretty darn good. He makes that defense a lot better for sure. Yeah, I think they'll definitely be the, – the bigger names to, to retain are on defense, but I think the bigger areas of concern lie on the offense and, and the terms of – what weapons will Lamar have to him and will Lamar be able to kind of become more of a consistent passer and just to touch one more time on his maybe inability to be that consistent passer and inability to win that big game I mean one thought that I had during that Bills game when right before he threw that pick six uh, was why are they even passing it and it really reminded me of the Super Bowl between the Seahawks and the Patriots right when 
Marshawn Lynch didn't get the ball and Russell Wilson threw the interception at the goal line. It's kind of like you have the best running team in the NFL over the past two years. And, and that isn't, that doesn't include or exclude goal line or long distance run. You, you dominate on all, on all aspects of the running game. Why are you not, if you only have three yards to go, why are you not giving it to JK Dobbins or at least faking it and letting Lamar take it in? So I, I think sometimes maybe they Lamar overthinks it and is, as you guys said, like the second read shouldn't be to a second receiver. It should just be for Lamar to take off. So yeah, it's, it's, I think as Kellen outlined, uh, retaining Ngakwe is definitely going to be a priority, but I think the bigger areas of need are on the offense. The Cleveland Browns as it sits right now are the second favorite to win the division and a really good bet to make it to the playoffs as a wild card at the very least. Uh, Jacob, you said the Ravens were your pick right now. The Browns are actually my pick as yep. it stands right now to win the AFC North. I just think they've really improved year over year in these past two seasons leading into this one. And it's clear that Stefanski is the right coach for them. He runs a really quarterback friendly offense, which I think is huge for Baker Mayfield. Uh, there's not really much that they need to resign on their roster either. The main guy being really Olivier Vernon, but I think the Browns might be best to just let that guy walk. He's injured a lot and he got injured late this season in a injury. That's so significant. He probably will miss some Achilles. Time to start, yeah. To start this mm -hmm. 2021 season. So that's a guy that could even open up some more cap space, but they have a similar amount of cap space to the Ravens. So it's not like they're going to be hurting to sign anybody they'd want to sign or extend anybody they'd want to extend. Right. I think one of the questions with the Browns, um, is Odell Beckham going to be there next year? I'm um, glad you brought that up. Do they even need him? Do either? they need Odell Beckham? I don't Beckham think they better. do, to be honest with you. I don't think they you. do either. Um, I think Baker Mayfield is much— He's as, the biggest cap hit on their roster, right, too. Right, and that would, that would clear up some space for them if they let him go. And um, as much as I think that, that I don't like Baker Mayfield, I don't think he's a, a franchise guy necessarily— he played a hell of a lot better when, when he wasn't out there. Um, it almost seemed like Baker was trying to force the ball to Odell Beckham. And um, I mean, I understand the thinking because Odell Beckham, uh, maybe not anymore, but he's one of the top 10, 15 um, you know, receivers in the league today. Before, I think he was like top five, maybe, maybe even top six or Higher, seven. Yeah. Um, and he might have regressed beings in Cleveland. But um, I, I don't think that the Browns necessarily need Odell Beckham because of the fact that like you said, Tom, it's going to save them cap space. And, oh, by the way, they run the ball a lot. I mean, they were uh, third in the league in team rushing. Um, it's funny. The Ravens were number one and the Browns were number three. Don't you see a little trend there in the AFC North? Like the top teams in the AFC North run the ball. And maybe that's something the Steelers need to do. Uh, take some notes from your division rival there. Um, but uh, when I look at the, the Browns, I think they are my favorite to win the North. I think they have a pretty – complete football team. I know their defense was beat up a lot down the stretch, but um, it sure made that a lot. That might be their biggest weakness. Yeah, though. I think it is, uh, but it sure made a lot or of plays. Baker. Or Baker. Yeah, it could, could be, be Baker. Of, yeah. I mean, Depends he, on which Baker you see, though. Yeah. It could. He could definitely take a step back. I think I said in one of our shows maybe a couple weeks ago, um, I think the Browns, they really kind of hit a turning point around their bye week, um, and they took a lot off of Baker Mayfield's plate because – um, early in the year, they were having him throw 35, 40 passes. And a lot of the times when you look at um, Baker Mayfield, he's not, a, not, at least in the NFL, he's not super successful when he throws the ball that many times or when he's forced to put the team on his back. But when they started getting Nick Chubb back, they started relying more on the run, he was much better. Uh, play action obviously helped. He was able to get away from pressure and roll to his right. They drew up a lot of plays like that for him. And he played a lot better down the stretch. There's no question about that. Um, so when I look at the Browns, I think that's the way you have to play offense. You have to rely on the running game 
hope you don't lose out on on Chubb um, and you keep Hunt healthy too because both of those guys together it's a pretty damn good one-two punch and it makes it a lot easier for a guy like Baker you don't have a lot of um, pressure on your shoulders and oh by the way they got a pretty good uh, they got a good running game they got a their defense isn't bad but if they could um, get some guys healthy too they they missed um, the safety uh, Delpit last year um, the for the entire year so they have him back uh, next year too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think the Browns definitely have a, a good, as good a shot as anybody um, to win the the AFC North. I think they're my favorite. I think they can make a, a playoff run next year for sure. I think they could too. And and I'll just say this quickly: the reason I have the the Ravens as the favorite right now, as of this day, you know, a lot can change between now and a year from now, or a year until the playoffs start. But to me, I got to give the head coaching nod to John Harbaugh. He's just done it a lot of times. He's He's been the guy to, to lead his team. I mean, like we outlined on Steelers Saturday throughout the season toward the end was the fact that the Ravens were sitting outside of the playoffs at one point, and they went on, like, I think a five-game winning streak to close out the season, and that can be easily credited to the leadership uh, of John Harbaugh. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Stefanski. I mean, he did a great job turning that franchise around, and he won Coach of the Year because of it, and I think he deserved to do so, but... I really got to give the head coaching nod to John Harbaugh. But, yeah, I mean, when you're looking at the Browns, I think when they were pursuing or I guess when they unexpectedly pursued Odell Beckham, a lot of people were turning heads and say, why is that happening? They have so many other options there. And it's almost as if you you have too much of a good thing, right? You have – uh, a decent tight end set. You already have a good receiver in Jarvis Landry. You have the best one-two running punch in the NFL with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. What more could Odell really do for you other than kind of make you overthink things almost? And like you said, Kellen, it's kind of like Baker almost seemed like he was forcing Odell the ball when he didn't need to. And it looked like Baker, when Odell finally went out, was when it kind of simultaneously happened that Baker was starting to throw the ball a lot less. They were relying on the run a lot more, confidently running the ball, and kind of shying away from throwing the ball 45, 50 times. And I think when you analyze that, the Browns should definitely consider saying, do we even need to bring Odell back and back? But it's, it's a young team for sure, and as you said, also, if they stay healthy on defense, that could be a big help for them too, and we still haven't heard if J.J. Watt is going to be Cleveland Brown next year, and if that happens, that could definitely, even if he is the J.J. Watt that we've seen of recent years rather than his younger MVP years, it'll still be a good guy to have in the locker room, and when you have Miles Garrett and J.J. Watt lining up, all you're going to do is not be sure which guy is going to be the hitman on that on each play. So we, there's a lot of uncertainty for the Browns in terms of who will be on the team next year and and who will be retained for the the team that we saw in this past year. But I think they're definitely a team that should be on the lookout uh, that other teams should be on the lookout for. And as you said, Kellen, I I wouldn't be surprised if they made a deep playoff run. I mean, they almost beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. So it's it, there's no. There should be no surprise for anyone if they can do something similar or even do more than they did last year. 
The uh, Steelers are the third betting favorite right now to win the AFC North, and bringing up the rear is the Cincinnati Bengals, as they did last year. But the Bengals, it really all comes down to Joey Burrow, and he played really well last year until he was injured, and that's an injury that might have him sidelined at the beginning of the season, so his development might uh, hit a little speed bump here. But things look to be on track when he was healthy for the Bengals, and really it just comes down to building around him now, and the weapons are there at the skill positions. They're good at running back and they're good at wide receiver. It's all about building the offensive line and the defense. So don't expect the Bengals to be a really any of a threat, any kind of a threat in 2021. But I think it's worth noting that they're a lot closer than I think a lot of people realize to really being a playoff contender. I agree. And and, and I think all of that is really predicated on Burrow. Um, and hopefully um, just from a football sense, from a football fan sense, um, not from the Steelers sense, but um, just me being a fan, I, I hope that Joe Burrow comes back and he comes back to be, um, you know, as good as we all thought he would be originally because um, the guy is, is uber talented and, and I think he is uh, just so much fun to watch. I know we didn't get a, a long sample size, a big sample size to watch him this season. But I, I do think with him, and, and he's just going to get better the longer that he plays in the league, um, and it's a little bit unfortunate for him, and I think it's unfortunate for the Bengals that he missed out on, on that first year because you learn a heck of a lot in your first year as a starter in the NFL, um, and, and he kind of didn't have that. You know, he didn't have that uh, luxury because of the fact that you know he got hurt and missed a lot of the year. But I agree with you in the fact that as long as they have that guy and they build around that guy, they're not that far away. Their skill guys aren't bad at all, uh, especially on the offensive side. And as long as you have Joe Burrow throwing them the ball, man, uh, I think the sky is the limit for Joe Burrow. It's just a matter of will they build the right way around him? Will they continue to do the right things around him for the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow was the preseason favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he was basically on his way until that injury. It was a little bit of a toss-up with Justin Herbert kind of getting into a groove there, but once Burrow went down, it was Herbert's game to lose. But, yeah, I mean, Kellen, as you said, it's a big deal to kind of miss out on that key playing time in your first career year. I mean, look at Ben Roethlisberger, what he was able to learn in his first year. I mean, 15-1, and one, of course, a, an earlier playoff exit, but then the next year they, they ran it back, as you would, and won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a big deal when you lose out on that opportunity to get as much playing time in your first uh, year possible. But maybe i mean of course it's unfortunate that burrow had that injury and it came about halfway through the season and so that means he probably won't be back in all likelihood it's possible he won't be ready to go week one but at the end of the day you know he'll be back and and he'll be able to recover and in the meantime this the bengals now have a top five pick uh, in the draft this year, and that could be very valuable to them. And in terms of rebuilding or retooling, rather, uh, that could definitely be an asset to them. To you know, if if Burrow had led them to a six and ten season or even a seven and nine season, they're sitting at fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, middle of the pack of the draft. Where, frankly, for the past couple of years, they're not used to drafting that middle of the pack for them. They're they're used to that high pick. They're used to being able to get good talent early. So. Here they are with with their quarterback of the future already in hand and another top five pick for them. So definitely look for the Bengals to improve with assuming that Burrow is there for majority of the season. Yeah, and I think that they could probably reach six or seven wins this year at the most because there's just so much more that they need to build around him. But that's a team that gets the six or seven wins that 
isn't going to threaten for a playoff spot, but for a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers that they could, need they as could many, steal a win or two, that need as many wins as they can possibly get. I mean, the Steelers lost to the Bengals last year <laughs> right, so, exactly. without Joe Burrow. So uh, <laughs> there's no question that they could get upset by them again this year with a team that we expect to be improved in Cincinnati. It's just going to make life harder for the rest of the three teams in the AFC North because that team that was at the basement last year, even though they're going to probably be in the basement again this season, it's not going to be as easy of a win as they once were for the Ravens, the Browns, or the Steelers because they're improving every year and – very, very slowly but surely, the AFC North is becoming a very strong division, and the Steelers might be on the outside looking in as far as the rest of the teams and their development. Right, and I think that's kind of, um, you know, when you talk about the whole rebuild thing, right? I mean, that's not the word that you want to use, but when you use it with the Steelers, I think every other team in the, in the division, especially like you just mentioned, Tom, um, they have a better chance for – um, the future, right? They have a better future built, a, a better foundation built for the future than the Steelers. And I'm not saying that's, and I don't think you were either. You weren't necessarily saying that's the wrong way of going about it or that's a bad thing, but it's just a fact. I mean, you just look mm -hmm. at it. That's the way That's the way it works when, when you know, the Steelers have been good for as long as they have been and they've had Ben for as long as they've had him. Um, that just happens. It's just how it goes. But I will agree with you that they're probably the worst off in, in that kind of term of, development and for the future um in in the afc north i don't think there's any question yeah it'll be interesting uh we, we you never know i mean mason rudolph could actually become in and and do the job we we don't know but it'll be interesting to actually have four teams in the division be competitive we you haven't seen the the division actually be four teams deep maybe ever in our lifetimes at least so i mean all, obviously the browns were at the bottom of the barrel for a while and the bengals every now and again with with andy dalton they were they would struggle not not do great every year and especially in between carson palmer and andy dalton those eras they weren't they weren't great so it'll definitely be a test for the steelers as you said tom and as kellen further highlighted that yeah this team could win 6 7 wins and that's not going to be good for a Steelers team who is fighting basically for third place right now as it, as it stands in this division. And if you have another team knocking at the door, I mean, it's not going to make it any easier for the Steelers. And even though, Kellen, I'm probably in full agreement with you that the Steelers are, are probably worst off in terms of five years from now, who do you have the most confidence in? And that, that relies heavily on, on Big Ben and, and the era that will come after that. And finally, wrapping things up here, uh, some news around the NFL today. Deshaun Watson has come out and said that three teams that he would absolutely approve a trade to are yeah, I saw that. the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Panthers. And it seems like those are going to be the three frontrunners now since yeah. he's the one that has to approve the trade in the very end. And the one team that I think jumps out of that list to me that I would go to if I was Deshaun Watson is – Obviously the Dolphins, but I don't know if the Dolphins are going to make the required uh, sacrifice to get a guy like Deshaun Watson. I think the Panthers are really interesting mm -hmm. because I like Matt Rule. I think he showed a lot of good, positive things in his first year as the head coach there, working with a team that really wasn't his at all and in a lot of transition. They lost their identity because Cam Newton and Luke Keekley were the heartbeat of those Carolina Panthers, and 
now you're trying to transition into Christian McCaffrey as yeah. the guy, and you're kind of searching for that kind of identity. And he brings more of a defensive style that I think will gel nicely there. If you can add a Deshaun Watson and you don't have to sacrifice <laughs> a Christian McCaffrey going back, all of a sudden that's a team that not going to challenge the Buccaneers to win the NFC South, but I think they'll be a wild card team, and I think it's a team that could contend to win a playoff game in the NFC next year. So those three teams, uh, the one that I would circle as a favorite – or the one that I would think to choose would be the Carolina Panthers. And you said, I think, maybe it was last week or two weeks ago, Tom, that um, the, the Panthers were a competitive football team last year, even yeah. even with their injuries, even with um, you know losing out on McCaffrey for a lot of the year. They were competitive. And if you throw a guy like Deshaun Watson in there, I don't know what they would have to get give up in order to get him. Um, it might be McCaffrey. And it might be a couple first-round picks. Very true. Um, but if you can get him there and, and keep – the majority of the talent that you have on offense, because their offensive talent isn't bad. Um, they, they have uh, DJ Moore and, and um, Robbie Anderson. And Robbie Anderson. Anderson. And that's not to say I would trade a Christian McCaffrey for sure. For right. Yeah, Watson I don't. Too. I don't think the Panthers would be much worse without McCaffrey and Deshaun Watson there than if they were to have both. There. I agree. Right, and I know I agree, and I'm just saying, I you know, if you can keep the, the a lot of that talent there offensively, and you bring Deshaun Watson in, it makes you a hell of a lot better. You have a more consistent guy playing quarterback. Um, and that's not a slight on Teddy Bridgewater by any stretch. I think he's a no, he's a fine NFL quarterback. He's a, he's an average NFL quarterback. He's not Deshaun Watson, but though. he's not right. He's not Deshaun Watson. There, there's no question. Um, uh, but I do think um, I think would you say the Jets were one of the possible Jets, tr- Dolphins, Panthers? Man, I think the Jets are intriguing too. Not to say that I think that that's going to happen, but I don't really know why he would want to play there, though. I mean, they do have Agreed. some some decent wide receivers, but that's um, a big market. But like you said, Tom, Miami, I think is the one out of all the three. Like, Miami I, has the most established head coach. That's yes. For sure. And if I were yes. to put my chip down, if I were like to bet on one of those three teams and where he was going to go, I would probably say it's going to be Miami. Wow. Um, because a lot of teams have kind of speculated that he would go there but well Miami has the quarterback they can send back right the other two, well I guess Darnold maybe but I'd true. rather have Tua than Darnold, I'd rather have probably. Tua yeah I mean I don't know I actually I don't know if I agree with that just because I I, huh. I don't know if Tua has proven Jury enough is yet still out on Tua. Um, I don't know if Darnold has really shown anything and and the two extra years that he's had over Tua either I, I just don't think that I don't think Miami has helped Tua by any stretch when you look at them last year they didn't open up the playbook for him. He was throwing horizontally and not vertically a lot of the time. I mean, they still went ten and six with Tua and Fitzpatrick. And I, Patrick, there's though. no doubt they could do better with Deshaun. I agree, and that's kind of the the, the point I'm making is that when you look at Deshaun Watson, if he were to go to Miami, um, all of a sudden I think Miami's a legitimate playoff contender maybe not top two or three seeds but they're a legitimate contender for sure i know they have to contend with buffalo in that division but they would definitely be a a favorite of mine to make the playoffs but i think all three of those teams would be um a lot better if deshaun watson played for them all three of them could be from um you know losing records to all of a sudden being in the playoffs with them sure yeah i mean none of those three teams made the playoffs the dolphins were right on the cusp of it and i think there's no doubt deshaun watson would be that tipping point to send them in carolina as we said floated around there and i think it depends on mccaffrey being included in that deal i mean as you said kellen mike davis kind of filled in yeah, and did he, a, he did wasn't a fine job. All, right? I, mean, I mean, you don't win games, and this is n- nothing against the position, but you don't win games through your running back. You win them through your quarterback. The running back certainly helps, but to see the running back, or to see the Panthers not 
fall to like a three and 13 or four and 12 season with McCaffrey out for most of the year should tell you that maybe McCaffrey isn't as valuable as one may thinks. And even despite him being one of the best running backs in the league, maybe he is able to be located or given away to another team in, in order to bring in a guy like Deshaun Watson. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. And Jacob, speaking of running backs, on our next episode of Steelers Standard, we're going to take an in-depth look at the running back position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when you're talking running backs, you got to talk offensive line, the jelly to the peanut butter that is the running back room. So that's on the next episode of the Standard. For Tom Opferman, or I am Tom Opferman. For Kellen Gersky and Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opferman. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Steelers Standard here on Steelers Nation Radio. And you can always check the podcast out at Steelers.com.